I was thinking before too long, two-fifths two of that group is going to be Philbricks. <laughs> it just, it just, it just struck, struck me for the first time, Nicole Philbrick. That has a really different ring to it there. <laughs> it's good, though. Uh, life's an adventure, isn't it? <laughs> Let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Book of Daniel, chapter 3. Some strange things going on in Babylon here, if you think of it. And uh, I guess the most odd thing about it is that just about everybody was going along with it. I mean, it was really odd what was happening. It wasn't conducive to reality. <laughs> um, it sure wasn't endorsing truth, but yet most everybody went along with it. Really interesting. The title of the message this morning is, Quit Playing Make-Believe. Quit Playing Make-Believe. Now, as a child, it's okay to play make-believe, right? It's kind of, I guess they say, it's part of developing the imagination. But as you get older, if you're still living in a, in, in a land of imagination all the time, something's probably wrong. Uh, because even though God has given us an imagination, which serves a purpose at times, really God wants us to function within the realm of reality. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's all about reality, about what is, truly is reality. And uh, we know the enemy, I mean, the devil, he wants to muddle reality as much as possible for us. That's a big part of his game, isn't it? He, he's been a liar since the beginning, the Bible says. What does he want to do? Well, he wants to approach, just like we see him approach, you know, the people, human beings, the crowning point of God's creation, which God desires to walk with him in, in, in spirit and in truth. He wants to approach those human beings and say, hey, let me introduce some things to you that you might want to consider to be a reality, even though they aren't. <laughs> and it just seems like people fall for it over and over and over and over again. The devil's alternate reality, which isn't reality at all, is make-believe. Okay, Quit playing make-believe. Don't be conformed to a world that's all about make-believe. It's not, it's not promoting reality. And uh, I, watched a, I watched a video recently. They had set up a situation in a doctor's office. It was a very busy doctor's office. And uh, they had orchestrated a situation where there was one person in the doctor's office that didn't know what was going on, and all the rest of them did at first. And as they're waiting, a beep would go off. Beep! And everybody would stand up. All the people were in on it, right? And so, beep! Everybody stood up, except this one person that wasn't in on it, and she was just kind of looking around like. And everyone sat down. And then they called one person out to the doctor's office. So she kind of looked around and, beep! 
beep, everybody stood up again, and she stood up. And then beep, she, stood, she sat back down. And they all kept doing that until she was the only one left in there. Beep, she stood up, sat back down a couple times. And, and then a, a, a bunch of other people came in that didn't know what was going on. Beep, she stood up. And the rest of them were looking at her like, what on earth? She sat down. Beep. Well, just, all, just about all the rest of them stood up with her because they were thinking, you know, I guess that's what we're supposed to do. And there was only out of about 20 people, there was, a, there was two or three free thinkers. They were like, sorry, I'm not standing up every time this, this beep goes off. I don't know what that's all about, but no one's giving me some instructions that really make sense according to this. And no one's really told me what this is about, that, that, that you know, that's in the realm of reality. So if, if people want to get calisthenics going on to a beep here, they can do that. But, you know, I'm not in on it until I know what's going on here. And about 20 people did keep standing up and down. And then a few said, you know, never did. And, uh, and so they, 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 uh, they gave disclosure after this whole, you know, this whole little experiment as to what was going on. They asked the girl that was first in there with all the ones that were in it, why'd you do that? And she said, well, I just felt like, you know, if everyone else was doing it, that I, that I should be doing it. And she, they said, well, did it really make sense that you were doing that? She said, well, no, not really, but I didn't want to, like, stand out. I didn't want people to think that I wasn't, you know, normal. And, and, uh, and so it was, just, it was just a really interesting scenario. And it just got me thinking, you know, I mean, here, in the, in the, in, in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, <laughs> you have a whole lot of people that are bowing down to something that makes no sense whatsoever. And... I mean, uh, the Bible says, you know, put away childish things. And we need to put away things that are childish. And we need to, to, as the crowning jewel of God's creation, one of the things that he is, within the human spirit, he has placed within us, and we really need to exercise it more than what we do, he has placed within us the desire to know truth, the desire to research, the desire to find out the desire to function within reality, the, the desire to, to, to find out what is absolutely true. And, uh, you know, people that, that try to suppress truth, they find out after a while you can't do that ultimately to the human spirit. In places where they've tried to, you know, get rid of all the Bibles, you know, censor and destroy all the, and make it illegal to read the Bible. And we all have, hold up, uh, if you have a copy of the Word of God here this morning, hold that right up here. That's a wondrous thing right there, see? We, we, live, in a, we live in a great place uh, that allows us to have the Word of God, several copies of it probably, and look at it whenever we want. And be thankful for those things. You know the places where they try to suppress that and destroy that? You know what it's done? It's made people curious about, well, what's in that? What's in the Bible? I mean, if they're trying to get rid of that, what don't they want us to find out? There's something about the human spirit, you know? You just can't suppress uh, that ultimately. But... We need to not let the, 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 the enemy suppress that either. And uh, if you look here in, in this, uh, uh, you know, you have Nebuchadnezzar, a powerful leader. But to me, he did something that was very childish here. God had given him a vision. He was a powerful leader. He was shown to be the head of gold, right? We saw that last time. And it's almost like instead of acknowledging the God that disclosed this to him, he instead started to focus on what was disclosed to him. And instead of worshiping the creator, you know, he did what is so common to man, he worshiped the, 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 that which was created instead, and, and ultimately he wor worshiped himself. 
And he misappropriated, as powerful people so many times do, he misappropriated priorities, assets, time, and energy to do this. Let's look at chapter 3. It says, verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. Now, you might be picturing, you know, just some little, like, you know, some little uh, image, some little, but it says whose height was three score cubits. Now, how many of you, you know, just normally in your life, uh, you measure things in, 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 uh, in cubits? That's just how you roll. You use cubits. Now, anybody know what a cubit is? How, how much a cubit is? Okay. Yes, it's about one and a half feet. Okay. It's about 18 inches. 17.5, something is, I think was the common, uh, the Hebrew uh, um, regard for that. And so if you have, if you have a three score, that's three times 20. A score is 20. That's 60 uh, times one and a half. So you have 90 foot, a 90 foot uh, uh, image here. 90 foot. Out of gold. <laughs> Does that sound reasonable to you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use the resources of my kingdom and put time and energy into building an image that's 90 feet tall and like, you know, pretty wide as well, made out of solid gold. And not only am I going to do that, but let's, let's read on here. And it says, and the breadth thereof, uh, uh, six cubits, that's nine feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent together together, Princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, all the rulers, other provinces, to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes and governors and captains and judges, the treasurers, counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And so what he's building here is just something out of the pride of man that's really an affront to God, the one living God, and it's, it's just an illusion. It's an illusion. And that's the first point to the message after this introduction is the illusion. And that's what we see here in verses 1 through 3. And let's have a word of prayer that God will help us with this. Lord, I just pray now. You, the God of truth, Lord, oh, would you please open these truths up to us here today and help us, Lord, to be men and women uh, and young people of, of resolve, Lord, to put away vain imaginations, to, uh, to not bow to the make-believe, but, Lord, to function within the realm of truth and reality as you open it up to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we speak of the illusion here, and it says that it was an image. And that sounds a lot like another English word, doesn't it? Imagination. In other words, this was just a figment of Nebuchadnezzar's imagination, or maybe it was what he had seen in his dream that he wanted to duplicate. But regardless, it was an illusionary God. It wasn't really God. It wasn't really something to be revered. It wasn't real. It wasn't something to be bowed down to. It was make-believe. But everyone, as we're going to see shortly here, is being asked to pretend that it is real. <laughs> In fact, it is demanded to everyone to go along with this sham show or else. 
Now, you know, when I look at this, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've never been, I can't identify with being asked to bow down to a 90-foot statue. Okay, that's never happened to me. And uh, it, it, I, I would think that it probably never will happen to me. And so the specifics of that, you know, it doesn't really, really resonate with me. But when I think about taking that, you know, this is, it, it's, it's not real. It's just, it's imaginatory. When I think of being asked to acknowledge as being true something that isn't, we can all identify with that. The pressure of conforming to a world that says, no, this is what we say is real. And making you decide whether you're going to stand apart from that or not. Making you decide, are you going to be one of those people that say, well, you know, everyone else is standing up at the beep and sitting down at the beep, but I don't see it. <laughs> I don't really get what that, and what is true here. And let's find out what is true. And what does God say is true? And, uh, and so... Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Whatsoever things are true, think on those things. Exercise your mind. And when someone tries to tell you what to think, and that you're not allowed to think something, that should raise red flags to you, right? Because that's not the way God created us. God gave us certain God-given inalienable rights. And those God-given rights are to function with the stewardship of our mind to think about things, to put truth together, and to not bow down to that which is not true and to that which is make-believe. And so the world wants us to conform to their illusions, which are designed to push out God. You know what the real problem with this statue was? Is that it was, it was really designed to draw attention to something that wasn't God and to push out God from the picture. And that's the way all of the, the world's designs end up being. I mean, you know, we talk about quite a bit about, about evolution. Evolution is not reality. <laughs> evolution is fairy tale. It ignores the fact that order and intricacy cannot come out of simplicity. It ignores the fact that, that uh, things tend to deteriorate, not become more complicated. It ignores everything that God has given us in our rational minds to know that there must be a creative design behind it. When we are thinking clearly, we can all see that. And to ignore that is to ignore reality. But yet there's so much pressure to our kids and to our young people to what? To bow down to something that's just a man's imagination. <laughs> it's not reality. They might as well be bowing down to a leprechaun or, uh, you know, uh, a unicorn. I guess those are mentioned in the Bible, but I haven't seen one lately. So, you know, they might as well be down to bow down to, to a fairy or a, a look for a, a, a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow or thank their lucky star. But the Bible, you know, gives us truth and man wants to come up with their alternate reality, which isn't reality at all. And they say, you must acknowledge this. And if you don't acknowledge it, you're ignorant. If you don't acknowledge it, you're a fool. No, you know what a fool is? A fool is somebody who says, that makes no sense whatsoever, but I'm going to bow down to it because everyone else seems to be doing that. You think about abortion. I mean, is there really anybody that truly believes that's thinking rational with their God-given uh, uh, brainwaves that that's not a life in there 
10 minutes before it comes out into fresh air. Or way beyond that. I, you know, I, my kids are getting older now, but I, I remember the, the sonogram pictures where the, the, you know, the first ones that came out when they were just a few months uh, uh, along in the womb and they're already, you know, they had their fingers up there and they're sucking their thumbs and they're moving around and, they, you know, and then they could tell, you know, whether it was a boy or a girl and there was never much mystery after a while what we were going to have. But, uh, you know, so, you know, it was a, and, and are you going to tell me that you really believe that's not life? You're going to try to get me to conform to your narrative in that regard? You want me just to say, yeah, that's a real, that's a real God there. That 90-foot statue that's made out of gold, that's real, and that's going to help me, and I need to bow down and reverence that. That's foolish. And man's alternate realities that they want us to bow down today are just as foolish. Don't be conformed to it. Don't feel like you have to go along with make-believe. Because one day, just like that girl felt pretty foolish, beep, 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 one day people are going to feel pretty foolish that they just stood up and, and sat down at, at every beep that, that people told them to, to, to do. When they knew that something wasn't right. It's just, I mean, you know, it's a, for thousands of years we can see uh, there's been boys and girls born. That's it. It's boys and girls. We know that. I know there's an alternate reality that's being tried to be built right now that everyone's supposed to bow down to and say it's real, but it's not real. It's, it's fairies, leprechauns, unicorns, and pot at the end of the rainbow, whatever you want to call it. It's not real. There's two genders. God made man and woman. And I know the pressure's mounting. You've got to go along with it. You've got to bow down to that. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to say that that's real even though it isn't real. But are we going to continue to appreciate that God gave us the ability to think and to see what's true? Or are we going to go along with these things? And you can go right down the line of all the things that the world is trying to, to impose upon us now. And it's really not that much different than Nebuchadnezzar rolling out the statue and saying, everybody has to make believe this is a God and bow down to it. And we know it isn't. And we know that thing's not going to do a thing for us. But yet... Yeah, you know, we're being asked to do that, and so we do it. And we can see that much show and ceremony went into promoting it, right? Look at it again. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 2, the king. By the way, he was a king, but he wasn't the king of kings. And that's what happened. You know, human government begins to think that they're the king of kings, and uh, they're just a king. He sent out to gather together the princes, the governors, all the other uh, elite, and captains, and judges, and treasurers, and counselors, and sheriffs, and all rulers of the provinces, which all could be great things. You know, if, if these people are functioning within the realm of reality, it could be great. I mean, if, if a governor could go along and say, hey, you know, I mean, no, no I'm not going to, you know, a governor, a, a sheriff, mentioned judges here could say, no, we're going to function within the realm of reality. We're not going to force people, King, I'm sorry, you can do whatever you want to me. I'm not going to lie to myself and others by saying that's something worthy to bow down to. Sorry, just not going to do it. But yeah, what happened here? 
They came out to the dedication of the image. <laughs> they went right along with the whole order of things. They fell in line. Yes, king. Oh, yes, that's a wonderful image, king. Let's dedicate. Let's have much pomp and circumstance and just, and just present this like this is just reality for everybody to see. And uh, we'll put it on every network. We'll put it on every channel. We'll put it out there in all the you know, places to say, this is it. This is what, what we need to look at. This is what we need to acknowledge as being true. Programming and, and, uh, and, 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 and making a big show of it. But that doesn't change. None of that. None of that changed the fact that that wasn't reality. None of it did. And so all the ceremony the world wants to put on all the show that they want to put on, all the smoke and mirrors that they want to put on doesn't change what is real and what is true. And God is true, even if every man's a liar. And God is absolute truth. And so no one would stand up and say, this is not real. This is an image. This makes no sense. This is not conducive uh, to reality. And... Uh, you know, standing up to religion and saying, you know, it's not, it's not real that we can, we can be good enough to go to heaven. You know, everybody falls short of that. It's not real. We're not going to bow down to religion. We're going to go with the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And so the illusion. And secondly, the intrusion. Look at verses 4 to 6. Because it didn't end here. It says, then an herald cried out aloud. So the, the news goes out. That would be the news of that day. To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages. It is commanded. You are commanded. Commanded to do what? Well, yes, commands can be good. I mean, we, we, we're, we're, we're commanded certain things within the laws of our land, which are, you know, according to, 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 to right and wrong, uh, made by God, and we can all concur to that as we think, you know, what is right and what is wrong. But here, what are they commanded to do? The herald is herald aloud. That at the, what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sabbat, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music, what? Ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. The intrusion, the intrusion of those that would play God and command God's crowning creation, command human beings to do that which is outside of reality. Commanding them to play imagination. Commanding them to make believe. Commanding them with go, to go along with that which is not true. And the command goes out. And that's an intrusion. And I can guarantee you that a, that a holy, almighty king of kings sees that as an intrusion. And that's not lost on him. You say, how do you know that? Read the rest of this chapter. <laughs> Read the rest of the chapter. And the people were programmed and cued to, to conform. Soul liberty given by God was violated. You say, well, they're in a monarchy here, and this is a dictator. Well, you've got to ask yourself, is that the way that, that God means for it to be? And do you not have any choice within that sort of a system? 
Did these people not have any choice? Well, three people showed them that they did have a choice. Three people showed them they did. And so he had the illusion, the intrusion, and the oppression. Let's look at verses 7 on. It says in verse 7, Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, and it goes through the instruments there, all the nations, languages, they all fell down, worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set out. They're all going along with the foolishness. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. And they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. And so you had the informants here. And evidently, this is probably encouraged. You know, if you see somebody not doing this, you come and let us know. And, uh, you know, oh, king, we are the ones that are devoted to you and your agenda here. And uh, thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound uh, <clears throat> of these instruments and all kinds of music shall bow, fall down and worship the golden image. You have decreed, you have commanded a king for everybody to go along with this make-believe. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. They need to pay the price for that. And we're here to tell you, king, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And I say... Praise the Lord for them. <laughs> they are to be admired. They're heroes. And, uh, and so it says in verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready at that, uh, what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbutt, uh, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down, and worship the image which I have made? Well, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? <laughs> and you know, we've had, uh, we've had some, some powerful people in our nation recently that have said stuff like that about God. If we're going to do this, God's not going to do this. We're going to have to do it. And uh, there's been politicians that have said, you know, don't talk to me about God. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. In the halls of Congress recently, uh, somebody was talking about God and what we need to do before God, and a congressman stood up and said, if anybody here claims to know the will of God, they don't belong in this chamber. That's exactly what was going on here. And so the oppression. Let me ask you this. If this was such a great thing that people would just be drawn to without... Because it was wonderful. Why would this need to be coerced? Why would there need to be oppression? Why does it need to be commanded and punished if it's such a wonderful thing for people to be involved in? And uh, the king was furious that his will and power were disregarded, that his imaginary God was not being bowed down to, and that ultimately he wasn't being bowed down to. And so what happened? Well, the pressure increased. And there was intimidation and bullying applied. And the oppression uh, came. And you know, that's happened to people who have stood for truth throughout the ages. And I guess we, we, we've, we've always thought in America that, you know, that we'd never face anything like this. And maybe we won't. But 
we're, we're facing that spirit already. Whether it's touched us personally or not, we're, fa- we're, we're, we're not very separated from that spirit. It's, it's very close. It's surrounding us. And you know what God's looking for? God's looking for people that will stand and say, no, we are not going to make believe. <laughs> we're going to stick with God and His truth no matter what. We're not going to go along with something just because everyone is beep, beep, beep. We're not going to do that. We're going to look and say, is this true? Is this real? Does this make sense? We are not made by God to be robotic and programmed. We are made to say, there is a God. We stand with Him. He has given us truth. What is the truth that relates to this situation? And I'm not going to be programmed and manipulated and oppressed and bullied if God says, this is what we need to do. This is not going to happen. And so the decision comes, and they're confronted, and so now it has come to their doorstep. And you know, in, in places where, uh, because, you know, like, like right now, a lot of our, a lot of our uh, millennials and younger you know, they just think that socialism and communism is going to be, it would be this beautiful thing. It would just be this utopia on earth, you know. And they haven't really paid attention to all the people that are still alive that have been part of those systems already. And, and, and they're, they're, they're living in a fairy tale world in their minds. It's not conducive to reality. And there's some that are trying to stand up to say, no, you know, we were there. And... What happens in those systems is totalitarianism takes place, and you start having people that, that, that start to, to control every aspect of your life because your God becomes those that are supplying you instead of the God of the universe who gave you the wherewithal to work and, and to, to, to provide for yourself, for your family as he blesses. People say, well, you know, I mean, so let them do that to them, let them do that to them, let them do that to them. You know, it's really none of my business. It's all of our business because ultimately it will come to your doorstep. It'll come to your doorstep one day as it did to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, look, they were trying just to kind of, we're, just gonna, we're not going to bow down. Probably no, no one will even notice. There's thousands thousands of people here. You know, we're just going to do what's right, and they'll probably just, we'll just be able to skate through it. But you know what? It did come to them personally, and they had to make a decision. They had to make a decision. They couldn't just fly under the radar. And uh, well, what was their decision? Well, let's look at it. Verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. And so they're trying to be very respectful. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burn, burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. What was their decision? Their decision was this. We're not going to make believe whether God spares us from the consequences of it or not. Now our God is able to, and our God can, but whether he chooses to or not, we're not going to make believe. We're not just going to go along and say, this is all great, and this is fine, even though we know it's not. We're not going to do that. And ultimately, you know what they're saying? Our God is able. Yours isn't. Yours is just a make-believe. Ours isn't make-believe. So let me ask you that. Is God that real to you? Do you feel the pressure 
the pressure of that which you can see going on around you looking to kind of, it's, it's threatening to overwhelm you and you just join in on it? Or do you say, no, because my God is real, that God isn't real. My God is enduring, that one is. My God is able. That statue, if, if they got into trouble, which they ultimately did, was not able to spare uh, Babylon. <laughs> they were not able to. One day, one day, they recognized that they needed God just like everybody else. Our God is real. Yours is not. We're not going to bow down to make-believe, imagination, illusionary system. And uh, so three people made that decision. You say, it was a dictatorship. It was a king. They couldn't do anything about it. Yes, they could. Yes, they could. And uh, we see the, the aggression in verses 19 to 23 as we kind of wind down the story here. And uh, we know that Nebuchadnezzar in verse 19 was full of fury. And what do you do? He says, stoke those furnaces up. Stoke those furnaces up because I wasn't bluffing. And uh, boys, all you got to do is denounce and join us and you'll be fine. But if not, you're going in that furnace. That's what happened. That's what he said. And uh, so they had to make a decision. And they did make a decision. And let me show you how we know it was a great decision. Look at verses 24 and 25. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, because they were thrown into the fiery furnace, we know that, this burning furnace, even the people that tried to throw them in there didn't survive because even getting in proximity was so hot that they, they, uh, they perished. But it says in verse 24, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, or astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to him, the king, true, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God. And there we have the inclusion. And think about this. They were not included in the mob of make-believers, but Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, included them fully. He stood with them. Now, that's what it ultimately comes down to, just if you want to put it in real simple terms. Do you want to be included in the land of make-believers? Or do you want to be included with the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ? To me, there's no choice in the matter. I mean, we'll have to make choices in the matter. But ultimately, it totally makes sense. I stand with Jesus. I stand with Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, look at the rest of the chapter. It says, we come to the conclusion. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace, verse 26, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. <laughs> Do you think the world isn't going to see when you have that sort of devotion to, to reality? Do you think they're not going to see the contrast? Do you not think that that's the great need of the hour? As darkness swirls, and as alternate realities, which aren't reality at all, are, are promoted, and, 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 and we're being uh, tried to compel to bow down to those, do you think it's not going to stand out to people? Well, people say, no, this is what's real. This is what I'm going to stick with. And when they see God's grace in your life, and even this king here, and this is great. Sometimes this happens, sometimes it doesn't. But Nebuchadnezzar said, wow. He said, Ye servants of the Most High God, come forth hither. 
And they came out of the midst of the fire. In verse 27, the princes, governors, captains, kings, counselors being gathered together saw these men upon um, whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was a hair of their head uh, singed. Neither was their coats changed, nor the smell of the fire had passed upon them. And God chose to do this miracle for these guys at this time. He said, well, you know, there's been others that have been thrown in there. And, uh, you know, guys like uh, they were burned at the stake and... Uh, and they, 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 God didn't do that for them. Well, didn't he? Because we're promised new bodies. We're promised to be healed forever and eternity. We're promised that God has it all taken care of. And sometimes he just gives a little foretaste of that in this world. He says, you know, the same power through which I'm making these preparations, I'm able to do it. I can show you right now. I spared these three men. They went through this fire. They came out there. Even their, their hair, their clothes, nothing was singed. And Jesus stood with them in the midst of it. And God is able to do that. And they said he was able. But they also said if he's not able, he's still the real one that we're sticking with. I mean, if he's, not, if he's able, if he doesn't choose to do it, I should say. If he doesn't choose to do it. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him, have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. In other words, they would not worship anything that was just of imagination and not reality. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, language, or speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. <laughs> so he's still making these decrees, you know. And he still doesn't quite get it. That... Look, when somebody realizes that the one true God and they, they, they learn to love him, you know, they're going to choose to do that. I mean, on his own merits here, people could see, you know, and they could choose to do that, to follow God. It wasn't a matter of the king, well, I'm going to change decrees now. Now we're all going to go over and we're going to worship, you know, that God. And, and, uh, and, and that, that's not the way God set it up either. He doesn't want anybody to be forced to worship him. He doesn't want it to be the law of the land that people have to be Christians. He wants people to see that and choose. He wants people to look at you and see what he's done in your life and choose that goodness. He wants people to see, you know, through the word of God, that God is love and God has a plan for their life and choose that, to desire that. He's knocking at the door to open that door. He'll come in and he'll, he'll have a relationship with them. But the king, you know, he's still the king. And he's saying, well, you know, I can see now that wasn't very good. Huh, I, I, I command everybody to go over here. And worship this God instead. And uh, he says, if you don't do that, you're going to be cut in pieces. <laughs> and their houses shall be made a uh, dunghill. That's pretty serious. Because there is no uh, other God than that can deliver uh, after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And so it's a tremendously happy ending here to the story on earth. But you know what? God has made preparations for every single one of us that if we follow him, and believe in his plan, we'll have a happy ending for eternity. For eternity. An eternal happy ending. And, uh, and so, look, I mean, we can see it. The pressure's mounting to go along with the make-believe. But you have a choice in the matter. And the way of no regrets is always stick with the truth. Truth will always prevail. Truth will always prevail. And a lot of people sell out because they, they want to, you know, say, well, that maybe is true, but I want to get mine right now. 
You know, kind of like the, uh, the prodigal son, right? He wanted his inheritance right now. Didn't matter if he had no character, integrity, corrupt, and all that. I want it right now. That's the choice. Do we just want the convenience of right now so we bow down to that system? Or do we say, no, I'm going to stick with that which is real. I'm going to stick with that which is real. Let's pray. Lord, 